This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Today, as, as we continue on in our study of the book of Philippians, just remember as I, I read these words, uh, Paul is in prison, okay? And he says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear through the whole palace guard and everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. What's it matter? The important thing is, is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. As we gather here today, right, on this 4th of July weekend, part of the Declaration of Independence says that you and I have the right to pursue happiness. And sure enough, for you and me, those of us who are Americans, we have spent a whole lot of time, energy, money, and effort pursuing happiness in things like entertainment and hobbies and sports and, and education, trying to find that happiness. And this 4th of July weekend, I, I don't know about you, I think I'm there. this is far different than any other 4th of July weekend in my life. Very few communities had parades or festivals or fireworks displays. And, and so it's weird. We're, we're left trying to find happiness and even more than that, joy. And that's one of the reasons why we're studying the book of Philippians and in this series called Finding Joy. Because again, for, for so many of us, things have changed. Our, our summer vacation plans, if, if they're not postponed, uh, they're completely canceled. And Paul, the, the author to this book, uh, to that Christian congregation in the city of Philippi, this friend of Jesus, he can relate fully to that. See, he, for the longest time, Paul wanted to go to Rome, all right? And one thing after another kept getting in the way, and he could never get to Rome, all right? And then, then the door opened up, and, and he was able to go to Rome. But keep in mind, this is like 2,000 years ago. And, and so he didn't drive to Chicago O'Hare and get on this big jumbo jet and, and fly transatlantic to this glorious city of Rome. Uh, he didn't take a plane and go to Miami and, and sail on some beautiful princess cruise ship to Rome. But, but he did get to sail to Rome. 
Okay, he got to go on this sailing trip to Rome. The thing is, is that this ship that he was on on his way to Rome gets shipwrecked, all right, in the storm. He finally gets to go to Rome. He's on his way. The ship he's on gets destroyed. It's broken and battered apart. He and everyone else on the ship, though, are able to make it to this island of Malta by clinging on to the debris of this broken apart ship. Now, if you just put yourself out in the sea, right, kind of picture that's you and you're holding on to some plank floating along. By the time you get to this island, you're frozen, all right? You are cold. And, and so they, they make a fire when they get there. And, and now the fire of this wood, that heat moves a poisonous snake out. And Paul actually gets bitten by this poisonous viper, right? So, so far, his trip to Rome is not awesome, right? It's kind of making like the Griswolds movie, you know, European vacation, making that look like a highlight reel. But it gets better or worse, depending on your point of view. You see, Paul is able to go to Rome because he's a prisoner, right? He's a prisoner because he's been sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, okay? And so he gets to Rome, and he's immediately placed under house arrest. He's got this awesome monitoring bracelet called a Roman guard, okay? And the Roman guard is with them 24-7. They were told there's like four different shifts, six-hour shifts. And so when, when Paul goes to sleep, the Roman guard is right there. When Paul wakes up, the Roman guard is right there. When Paul eats, the Roman guard is right there. When people come to visit him because it's house arrest and that can happen, the Roman guard is right there. When Paul goes to the bathroom, the Roman guard is right there, okay? He is chained up. So the question I have for you is, have you ever felt chained up? Have you ever felt chained up to a, a circumstance or a person, a situation? Have you ever felt chained up to a job or, or to school? Have you ever felt chained up by a disease or a pandemic? Let's listen in on how Paul references his situation of being chained up. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Okay, so, so you get it? Paul is having a blast, okay? Because he understands, right, that, that it's not him being chained up to the guard, but that the guard is actually chained up to him. 
And so this is really cool because Paul knows it, that when he prays, that Roman guard is hearing his prayer. And that when someone comes and visit him and, and Paul is sharing the gospel with that person, the Roman guard is hearing the gospel. All right. And, the, and you know that Paul and the Roman guards from time, they had to have these conversations. And, and so what we learn is, is that these guards who are making up the palace guard, the imperial guards, there's at least a thousand of them. These are the guys who are protecting Caesar. They are the king's army, if you will. It becomes known to all of them the good news of Jesus Christ. And Paul's going, this is so cool. This is so cool. They're hearing the gospel. And not only that, this also is what's going on as Paul is sharing the gospel with the guards. The scripture says, Paul says, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Okay, and so all these Christians that are in Rome, they, they are learning about Paul sharing the gospel, even though he's in prison, even though he's chained up to the guards. And you know what it does? It gives them energy. It gives them motivation. They drop their fear and they're going around and they're sharing the good news of Jesus with their family, with their friends, with their neighbors, with their coworkers. What's going on, guys? Picture it, is there is a movement of Jesus Christ through the city streets of Rome, and Paul is loving it, right? He's sharing the gospel more and more. You see what, what happens, right? What was happening is people saw that Paul was sharing the gospel, and it motivated them to share the gospel. And the same thing happens today. When you and I learn about people sharing the good news of Jesus, it motivates us. We go, that's cool. I can do that too. And we start to share the gospel more and more. It happens today too, right? Micah Torgerson, one of our members here at Victory, one of our, our music team leaders, he's going to be going on a mission trip later this fall, right? That's how it's, it's happening in his life. For maybe you and me, it's over a cup of coffee at a coffee shop, or, you know, we have that friend with us in the, in the van, and we drive through Starbucks, and we got the coffee together, and we're just talking, and the good news gets shared. And as this movement of Christianity is, is going through the streets of Rome, Paul also lets us in on this. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, Supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains, but what's it matter? <laughs> the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. Okay? And so what he's telling is that the, the real deal here is there are Christian missionaries in Rome and they're going out and they're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news in, in the right way, with the proper motive. But there are other Christian missionaries sharing the true message of Jesus, but their motives aren't so good. Okay. And as we look at the context, what at least one of their motives was, was to elevate their ministry, what they were doing by denigrating what Paul had done, 
was doing, okay? So, so maybe it, it sounded like this. Some of those missionaries were, were like, you know, Paul, Paul was off to an amazing start. It was so good. But I don't know what happened. He's in prison now. He must have screwed up. Yeah, Paul had it going on, but there must have been some character flaw. And so now he's in prison. Come follow me. And Paul, what was his reaction to that? See, for those of us who live in an individualistic culture, his reaction is so awesome. It's what we need. Paul goes, no big deal. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And since Jesus is being proclaimed, this is good news. This isn't the first or last time that Paul is going to have to deal with this kind of thing. He wrote to the Christian congregation in court basically the same thing. He says, my brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Paul asked, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? See, Paul understood it wasn't about Paul. It was about Jesus. So what's that mean for you and me? Okay, so do you follow the victory pastors? Do you follow the St. Paul's pastors? Do you follow the, the St. John's pastors? Do you follow the, the Southbrook pastors? Or the Ridge pastors? Or the core pastors? Or do you follow Jesus? So for, for example, if I were in a movie, okay, Got the movie going on, I'm in the movie and things like that. And you stick it out till the end and, and you're watching the credits roll through. You'll find my name there as you go through. It'd be like, you know, the character title would be fourth bald guy. And then there I am. Okay. It's about Jesus. It's not about the pastors or the congregation. I want to say that Pastor Ben and I do this every time, but I'm sure we messed up somewhere along the way. But I want you to know that, that before our worship services, we get together and pray, and, and, and we regularly, and I want to say we do it all the time, but maybe we messed up. We regularly pray for every Christian congregation in this community and throughout the world. It's about Jesus and what he's done for us and for all people. And so Paul says, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. So what's the deal? Why was Paul so excited, so full of joy over the preaching of the gospel? It's because Paul knew that there was a day where he wasn't chained up to a Roman guard. 
But there was a day when he had been chained up to sin. There was a time when Paul thought that it was because of his way of life, his political views, his job, his cause, that he was all that, that he was good that he was better than others. And, and, and so there was that day where, where Paul thought because of all of who he was and what he was doing, he was canceling other people out. They weren't near as important. They were wrong or canceled out. But then Paul came to realize that he wasn't supposed to compare himself with other sinful people. So we're all sinful, Right? but that he was to compare himself to the holy, righteous God. And when Paul compared himself to the holy, righteous God, the truth became super, super crystal clear. It was just like what Pastor Ben said in our absolution, and our forgiveness, that, that Paul recognized in all truth that he said, I am the chief of sinners. I deserve to be canceled out by God and from his presence and from his blessings and forever. But Paul learned that God canceled out his son for him, that Jesus paid the punishment price for him. And, and so Paul learned that God was seeking after him and that God loved him and that God valued him, that Paul was more than enough, that Paul was set free. And that truth brought not only just relief to Paul, but it brought him great joy. He was enough. Here's the thing, right? In, in our lives, you and I, we lose a lot of joy and we increase our anger when we compare our lives to the thoughts and actions of other people. We get angry at the thoughts and actions of those Democrats. We get angry at the thoughts and actions of, of those Republicans. We get angry over the thoughts and actions of the health department. Or for those who don't get it, what the health department's trying to do. We get angry over those people who are Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. We just sit there, they just don't get it. Like the Apostle Paul, and you put that to the side and compare our lives. to the holy, righteous God. 
And when you and I do that, the truth will become so crystal clear. That in all truth and all honesty, we can say the exact same thing, confess the exact same thing that the Apostle Paul did, that I am the chief of sinners. And then that cross of Jesus takes on a whole new meaning and a whole new light that we see the compassion and the grace of God reaching down to us and holding us in love and in joy. Telling us we're loved and we are enough. You see, the, the liberating truth of the gospel is that God loves us because that's who God is and not because we've earned or deserved it. See, Christianity is, 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 it begins with God's grace, it continues on by God's grace and it concludes with God's grace. And so Jesus comes into our lives and he topples over our idol statues and cancels out all of our sins without canceling us and without leaving that little statue place empty. He makes us new. You see, when, when you and I realize what we're set free from, we realize what we're set free for. When you and I realize that we've been set free, it brings us joy. And then we understand like the apostle Paul, that since we're the chief of sinners and that, that joy is good for me, it's good for everybody else and everybody else needs it. The apostle Paul says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Remember earlier when we were talking about, have you ever felt chained up to someone or, or something? Did you ever stop to realize that maybe, again, you weren't chained up to them, but they were actually chained up to you? And that's your opportunity to share the good news with them. You see, location is the opportunity for relationship. Relationship is the opportunity to share the good news. And the good news is the opportunity to increase joy, yours, and someone else's as well. So like the Apostle Paul, who was chained up in prison, started this whole movement just by sharing the gospel one person at a time. Who's your one? 
When you go about life, can you find your one? To share the good news of Jesus with them. You know, maybe, maybe some of you are going, yeah, I don't know. You know, I get it's a good idea, but gosh, am I the right person? Am I, am I the one for the job? I just want you to know you are. God has placed you in that specific spot for a reason. And he's with you. Okay? You're, you're, you're not going out on a, a mission journey for Jesus. You're going out on a mission journey with Jesus. Okay? And if you struggle, and I get that. I wish I didn't, but I get that. Just place yourself under the cross. And there you'll find your dependence on Jesus. And that will motivate you in your relationship with others to share the joy of Jesus with them. I'll be honest. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like in in not having joy in, in sharing Jesus. I've been so blessed to see people's eyes when they hear that Jesus loves them and that he's for them, that he's their savior. I'll be honest, I don't want you guys to miss out on that joy. Go find your one and find this joy of changing people's lives forever. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for coming into our lives. Thank you for loving us, you know, in those sins that we struggle with. That you've taken all that away. That that even though our our sins are numerous as the sands of the seashore, you've taken them all away because you love us. Lord, each day is a new day of your grace and mercy. Help us to receive that truth, that love, and fill us with you. Fill us, Lord, you are joy. Fill us with joy. And let us share your joy to your glory and to the joy of many. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast. Brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.